Castro and you've tuned in to Leaders with a Mission. And today, if you like money and you like finances, um, the show is for you. Let me introduce you to someone you must meet. His name is Keith Kohler and he is on a mission to help entrepreneurs master the game of finances and financing. He brings a simple, practical, and no BS approach to speaking about how to get back into the driver's seat when it comes to talking about money, cash flow, investing, and all money-related opportunities that help a business grow and prosper. And with you, Keith. <laughs> I love that introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Can I take that? Yes. Did you trademark it yet? No, I have not. <laughs> it's all for you, my friend. So thank you for being thank here. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here with you today. I know. I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, I feel like sometimes, maybe for some people, talking about money and finances can feel really heavy because maybe it has for never a lot happened. Of people. Maybe it hasn't happened to me. No, like, never. It never. No, no. It, like, and this not is even something me that either. happens to other people. <laughs> but um, sometimes it could feel very confusing and, and very. Yeah, it can be. Heavy and, and very blurry. I feel like one of the things that I've seen you and I've witnessed in you is your intentionality in going in to bring empathy and compassion and simplicity to the subject. So I wonder if you can share with us a little bit about your story behind how you became, how you brought no BS to the conversation of money and financing. Wow, terrific. That's a, that's a question I haven't gotten before. So I'm really interested in that. Um, I would say it's a, my own finance journey is one that is not like, or, you know, it's similar to other people and it, it's my own. It's my unique journey. And what I can say is when I first was diagnosed celiac or gluten intolerant, that gave me a big reason why. And that reason why was I wanted to get financing and help those founders who had gluten-free product companies get comfortable with their finances and help them get money for their business. So that was my original big reason why. And that was a more technical reason why, like about getting a specific result, right? Mm -hmm. Yet over time, um, as I got to know founders more, as I became more deeply involved with my clients, and then when the pandemic came and founders shared more vulnerably with me, they told me their stories. They let me peek behind the curtain a bit, right? Mm. And it's not that I asked for it, but people just felt naturally at ease telling me about it. And I thought, well, I need to explore that a bit further. Uh, and that was a personal journey of showing up more empathetically with more compassion, understanding that for many people, it was the first time in their life they had to confront these issues. Finance was maybe on autopilot for them. It was not something that was concerning them. And so now I was being called into a different level of service for myself and for them. And so, and as a result of that, they needed me to show up empathetically, but they needed to know the facts. Mm -hmm. They needed to know the truth, however horrible. Ugly or beautiful. Yes, mm -hmm. it could be all of those things and frequently both. And so that no BS approach was critical because I needed to give them actionable steps. They needed to know precisely what to do. And if I were dancing around it or creating story around, it would not have, never have helped them. So I appreciate you saying no BS and I love it. Love I'm it. sticking with it. <laughs> well, that's what I witness in you, like simplicity and practicality and, and a way of differentiating financing from finance and a way of um, bringing the conversation together from a point of view of cash flow and budgeting and all of the things that are intertwined to, are. to give people a result that is in their best interest. And sometimes it's not 
as a joyful of a ride, and sometimes it is. So for you, what do you think um, are some of the pitfalls people are like falling into when they are having this energy of oh, like heaviness around money? What do you think is causing it? How do you approach this? Sure. Well, one of the things I created was something called the dangerous archetypes of finance. Tell us more. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, it's 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 something that came about as as I was preparing this new brand that I launched, Financing Man, and looking more deeply into finance education, how I could support founders more deeply, as you said, in the difference between financing and finance. I thought about well, what have I? What are the stories I've heard? What are the observations I have about how people behave? What do they tell me are their mindset issues, their limiting beliefs? All those different things, I explored them all. And the dangerous archetypes of finance are a fun way of describing that. And most people say one or two of them apply to them. And essentially, they're someone like a minimalist who does just what they need to get by and understand their finances at a very base level, but not necessarily very devoted or committed to using them for decision making or reviewing them on a frequent basis. The less is better kind of a thing. That's right. Just enough to get by. Just kind of like that C student who may fall asleep in class, but can do, a, oh, do I, enough I on the exam. Yeah, I survived. I survived. <laughs> the once a year is that person who once a year, maybe for, it's like a heart chart, right? Nothing the whole year and then the beep. They they go, <laughs> they go in. That's right. They go in. Yeah. They pay attention for just a short period of time around tax. I call that the once a year. There's the denier who denies that this is important for them, that finance is not an important function. I should be looking at what else is going on in my business and this can take last seat and be my last priority. There's the evader, which, yeah, is a little bit ugh. That person who really just doesn't want to pay any taxes and they make sure that their life is revolves around that. The lacquer is that person who lacks confidence that they can do it. They tend to be plagued or they hold themselves back in their own limiting beliefs, such as things saying, hey, I'll never get this. I'm not good at math. Accounting and finances for someone else who has a background in that. I could never master that, which I don't believe. And that's the what, a large motivation for what I do. And then the last one is the shifter. The shifter is that person who says, okay, someone else is doing it. My aunt, my uncle, my husband, wife, my iguana, my dog, whatever, <laughs> whoever it is, someone else is doing that. So you take those Anything all, but me. Anyone but you. Mm-hmm. And that and the issue that I often find is that person doing it might have a different motivation than you have, might have a different set of values, might be managing your finances to a goal or... Or maybe not. That's right. Or not doing it at all. That's really... I see that way too often. So those six taken together, if you take the first letters, M-O-D-E-L-S, models, these are models which are difficult and often don't work for people. I love because I can witness your intentionality and your deep devotion to going deep into this conversation so that you can better support those that are in that particular place where your expertise are going to help them thrive. So one of the things I heard you say the first time I met you, which I thought it was like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> it was, you You told me that you had this special ability of looking at numbers and finding the music through it, like finding the harmony of how, how the numbers would work for someone. I, I could only imagine how that looks like because numbers are not necessarily my favorite thing. Uh, please don't tell anyone. No, I won't um, tell. And, but, <laughs> and I found that interesting because that happens to me in areas of creation in things like video or mapping story or creating introductions for people of like, how do I, 
how do I make this dance together so that it feels better, right? For you doing that with numbers, how do you discover this ability? When did you tap into it? Yeah, I appreciate that. I think math was really my first love when I was a kid in, in as far as grade school subjects, right? I really loved it and I found computation just very easily clicked for me. I loved everything about math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, everything. You couldn't give me enough. Later on life, when I got to calculus, okay, I was kind of, okay, I'm piecing out now, <laughs> enough of this. But I liked, always liked computation. And then when I got to learning financial statements, I just found that I could look at them and start seeing Patterns. You know, yeah, patterns. What's the ratio here? Why is this large? Why is this low? Should this be better? And I got more excited about the analytics of numbers because numbers on a page, great. And you, what do you really do with those? The excitement comes when you take a look at them and you can think, what's the decision I need to make as a result of this? Ooh. What can it mean to me? And I think that's where you're saying maybe numbers aren't your favorite thing, but what you can do with them and how they can lead to better yeah. decisions, making you feel more abundant, expansion. Then growth. I like numbers. Then that's that's like exactly it. And so I think that's, that's my job mm -hmm. is for those people for whom numbers, again, or you're saying at least that, my job is to help them get beyond the numbers themselves and understand how they can. How can leverage them? How can they indeed work for you? Beautiful. Making the numbers work for you is my tagline. I for my it. retreat and a big part of the branding that I'm just launched. So. Tell me about this retreat. Yeah, I think. What's you. up with it? It's brand new. Okay. I'm excited about it. It's it's really funny. I first conceived the phrase making the numbers work for you over 10 years ago. So I guess I had a little bit of intuition back then that it would someday be something. But only now did it come to life and really have very, very deep meaning to me. What do people learn in that? It's really a journey. And over three days... Interestingly, I don't even get to the numbers themselves until day two. The first part of the journey is mindset, broadly defined. And mindset for me is helping you understand where I can meet you along this, well, maybe it's a linear thing, maybe it's curvy, who knows, right? But um, where I can meet you where you are. And that might mean great levels of discomfort, a high amount of money stories or limiting beliefs or anything holding you back. It might feel tight and ugh, like this, right? In the physiology of it. Or it must feel like really excited to people like, when well, can we get too. to the numbers? Yeah, I absolutely meet those people who are already optimistic, filled with abundance, ready to go. And that's great too. And so part of the first day and the mindset work is understanding where they live along that continuum. And then I get into motivation. I help them reconnect to their original reason why. Because as you said, if you if numbers are something you don't like, and yet you know what you're doing here, right? You're talking about those of us and you who have big missions. Mm -hmm. And if we remind ourselves of our big reason why, our larger mission, our, how we're going to share our gifts with the world, and knowing that numbers can support that, it may The have, energy shifts. Doesn't it though? Yeah. It almost makes you feel like you can take a fresh look at that and say, wow, if I can just master this at a, at a minute, at least at a minimum level and be devoted to reviewing it on a frequent basis on an area I call getting into your finance rhythm and devoting as many as 15 minutes each day for finance. Well, maybe not every day, but at least a few days a week. So it's that journey yeah, it's of just, mindset. It's just an invitation. To it's consider. just an invitation to consider. I hope you'll take it. Um, but that journey of mindset, motivation, and mechanics, you can see I'm choosing M's very intentionally. Nice. And the last one is mentorship, is understanding how you or anyone would say, 
okay, I can do this myself and that's great. And yet if you have a finance team, whether it's salaried or contracted or just advisors, someone to support you along the way. So Making those are the, the right decisions and having the right yeah, team. Helping, yeah, or even, or, that's it, or helping you even bring out the decisions you already know and that you might have in words and, and ensuring that those can be expressed in numbers and supported by numbers that tie back to those goals. Beautiful. That's the way I view it. So it's all those combinations, mindset, motivation, uh, mechanics, and mentorship. Those are the four. It looks like you've been spending some time creating this. I just, I, I, I kind of sense it. <laughs> I have, and it's been really exciting. And, and really what brought me forward on that is just moments, you know, those flashes where you feel like you can't get to sleep and something's on your mind. Have you done that? Do Never. You Never have. Never have, right? Ever. Well, you know, that type when you're up late, you can't sleep and you just have to go. And I remember um, in October of 2020, I spent three nights from around 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow. Three nights in a row. I couldn't sleep and I just started writing it all out. You were downloading. Yeah. It, it was all coming really easily and in flow. And it was because I was not just, I was ready. Mm -hmm. And as a result of being part of a really valuable mastermind group that you know a bit about, Maybe <laughs> <laughs> those topics came up. Beautiful. Other people drop their nuggets. They let they they have let me know what's important to them, either directly or indirectly, and that was very inspiring to me. I love it. So let me ask you this: What is your definition of leadership, and especially in what you do? What what? How do you define leadership? Well, that's a great question, and. The way I would define leadership is I, I, I tend to live by this phrase, which is uh, fortis fortuna adiuvat. Translation, please. Latin for fortune favors the brave. Oof. Okay. You've seen it in crypto.com commercials, but <laughs> I, I promise I was using it before then. Um, fortune favors the brave. And what I mean by that is I'm, I believe leadership, yeah, it requires, I like the planning, I like the analysis. But to me, it's about taking bold action, going out and not being afraid to get a result, to try for something. In some cases, what we say is let's go out and break things and we fix it and we go again and we keep break. Instead of waiting too long, analysis paralysis or being held back thinking, oh, what if it doesn't go well? Uh, I sing in a choir in my church. And one of the things my choir director always says is if you're going to make a mistake, Make it big. Make it big and oh, loud. I didn't know. I was just like, if you're going to mess that's it exactly up, right. just go. It's really true because then guess what? Because then everyone can help you fix it. Because or, it could, or it could be unnoticed. People are going to think that it was part of it. That's right. If you were singing softly and I couldn't hear you, uh -huh. how could I possibly know if you're having trouble uh -huh. or if a mistake is happening? If it's out there, then yeah, we can work on it. And I wasn't always that way. I was super, I was afraid of making mistakes before. I was terrified of what happens if you have the wrong answer in class and all the other kids laugh at you, which was a part of a competitive environment when you're in school, we all have that. Yet now I think leadership is really about bold action Beautiful. and not necessarily having to feel like you have to have all the answers up front or be fully prepared before then. Taking, taking steps forward. Yes, no matter what. Going confidently, using your intuition, knowing what you believe is right for yourself. I love that. Don't leave your intuition behind. No. Never. Ever. So what leaders, what books feed your heart, your soul? There was a very important book for me when I was a student in college. Mm -hmm. 
was in a theology class, mm -hmm. and it was called Markings mm -hmm. by Dag Hammarskjöld. Okay. Difficult name, <laughs> but he was a Secretary General of the United Nations in the 1960s. And his book, which was translated from the original Swedish, he was from Sweden, was his reflections on a life of public service, mm -hmm. which was he was a very visible person, as you can imagine, a, a top world diplomat. And yet he reflected upon the demands of public service while leading a life of spiritual growth of, wait a minute, can I be that for our public facing public servant and still be someone who either in this circle expresses his spirituality or keeps it private and goes on that journey? And are they mutually exclusive paths? Do they integrate? Where do they meet? And so this book chronicles his reflections and they tend to be in actually quite nice sound bites. So there's lots of terrific quotes that come out of them. One of my favorites is never measure the height of a mountain until you reach the top. Then you will see how low it was. Mm. So lots of wonderful things that have been a part of it. And I carry that to this day. That sounds like an interesting book. What's the name again? It's called Markings, M-A-R-K-I-N-G-S, Dog Hammerschild. Nice. Okay, here we go on, uh, you know, Amazon and Audible. Take my money. All right. Thank you so much for showing up, for leading with compassion and making a conversation that for some could feel really foggy and heavy, Absolutely. something approachable and something um, that we could claim back to, to be something that empowers us rather than something that like takes away from us. So yeah. I really want to commend you for that. Thank you Thank so, you so much. I'm on so, that mission to be that disruptive so, person in so finance. So much. Thank you. So before we leave, Keith, before we go anywhere, please tell us where can we find you? Where, where can people know more about you, about your retreats, about what you're doing? Where can we find you? Thank you very much, Deanna. Um, the easiest way to find me is my name, is my website. So Keith, K-E-I-T-H. Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R.com, KeithKohler.com. And there are all my contact details and information on what I offer is available. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, really my pleasure. Yay. Let's do it again sometime. Oops. <laughs> you know where I am. <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> okay, my peeps. So here it is. If you're looking to amplify your mission with the power of video, I'm going to ask you to visit us at 4 See you on the next one.